Let's take our Bibles together, please, to the book of Colossians. We'll go back where we left off in chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And we've got verse 11, 12, and 13 together. And the word that occurs over and over in this passage is the word circumcision. Now, I want to say this. I preached one time many, many years ago. You know, the Bible says a whole lot about circumcision. But that's a difficult subject to describe. I never forget, I preached on something similar to that about about eunuchs. And I had, uh, there's a lot of eunuchs in the Bible. And I had a little, a little boy and a little girl come up to me and said, what's a eunuch? And I said, go ask your pastor. <laughs> I was in another church. And they said, we did. He told us to come see you because you preached it. <laughs> I sort of feel that way about circumcision. But aren't you glad that the words even that the Bible uses are just right? And uh, there's so much in the Bible about that. And there is a definite need of understanding this because it's in the epistles and God talks to us about not physical circumcision but spiritual circumcision and if it was not important if it was not appropriate it wouldn't be in the Bible but it is and I think we need to look at it and we'll do it in an appropriate way but Colossians chapter 2 verse number 11 the Bible says in whom also Ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse number 11, In whom ye also are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. He says in verse number 12, the first thing I want to say about spiritual circumcision is that it is the operation of God. Would you see that in verse 12? The middle of the verse is through the faith of the operation of God. Spiritual circumcision is an operation. It is something that only God can do. Matter of fact, he said at the end of verse 11, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Christ is the doctor. And he's the one that is performing the operation. So much of our salvation 
has nothing to do with us. Now, now verse number, uh, verse number 12 there says, through the faith. Now, that's our part. Now, we, we do have a part in being saved. God does not save anybody against their will. You have a personal choice to put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. All those people we just read over in the Netherlands and over in Egypt, amen, and, and the young lady after church last Sunday night that I just learned that Miss Deanie dealt with, these, these young la- people that they put their personal, it takes personal faith in Christ for salvation. We do have a part in that. God does not save us against our will. But it is our faith, but it is His operation. It's His operation. Now, if you've ever had an operation, that takes some faith. Because unless you're crazy, you're not going to be awake during it. Maybe you've had a crazy operation like that. But if somebody's cutting on me, I want to be asleep. I, I I don't want to see it. I can't even imagine. Even if they could deaden all the pain and you sit there and watch somebody cut you open, I don't think that'd be a pleasant experience. I don't think you'd sit still long enough for the operation to happen. Operations take faith. You have to put faith in your doctor. Last year when I had my, when I, they cut on me and cut that gallbladder out, that, that young guy, he was a young guy. Of course, at that point, I really didn't care who he was or what he was. But I did care about getting knocked out and just cut it out. But I had to have faith that he knew what he was doing. I didn't know anything about that. Now, before you have your operation, you can go online. I I tried that. I I looked and and I stopped. I stopped. I said, I don't want to see any more of that. I'm not going to learn how to do it. I'm not going to be able to quiz the doctor uh, 500 questions to make sure. No, I had to exercise faith that this guy, when he sews me up, is not going to sew a sock up in me or something. Now, you know that's happened, right? You know some wild things have happened in operations. This is what I'm going to say to you. You can trust God operating on you. But a lot of people, you know what a lot of people do? They will put off an operation and they'll put it off 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 until they can hardly walk. You know what he just said? Hard-headed. Brother Larry had been suffering. He walks around like a hundred-year-old man. He's got so much pain in these knees. Guys, and he's had that for a long time. He's had it ever since I've been here, maybe before, I don't know. I, I remember years ago, I said, Larry, why won't you let him, why won't you let him operate and give you a new knee? No, no, don't want to do that. How many? Nine years ago, they told him to have an operation. He's going to have one now. When is it going to happen, Brother Larry? December the 5th. He's already got it on the calendar. You you know what happens? We keep putting things off so long because we just don't want to do them. And that's, you know, you can struggle along with that in the physical realm. 
But you can't put that off in the spiritual realm. You know, there's a lot of people that don't want God to operate on. They do not, they will not let, they won't yield their life to God and let God cut away the bad part and do the restorative surgery. They won't trust Him to work on them. And they put it off. We see that when people were being saved. They, and this, of course, is talking about our salvation. Spiritual circumstances is, is an act of God about our salvation. And He's got to do an operation. But so many times, people will not be willing to go under the knife. But what a difference the operation makes. There are people that have been in pain. And when they wake up, their pain's gone. There are people whose whole lives have been revolutionized because of an operation getting out and restoring the thing that was just totally, totally captivating their life. And what a difference the operation of God makes in a life. And I've never met anybody that saved that said, I wished I'd have waited. I wished I'd have put it off a little longer. Not met anybody like that. I'm saying that salvation, this spiritual circumcision, is an operation of God. Jesus Christ has to do it. And it's done with, with, with a knife. You know, all operations are done. You know, they, they have to cut on you somehow. Even if it's a laser, it, something's getting cut. You got to get cut open. Would you look with me in verse, again, verse number 11, he says, In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Of course, circumcision, that's a cutting. Anybody, uh, any, anytime he talks about circumcision, it's done with a knife. Something is being cut away. Even so, God had to cut some things away, and he uses a knife. But the knife is a very unusual knife. In God's operation, the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, you know the verse, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged... By the way, just turn over there. Because that, that knife cuts deeper than you think it does. The knife of the word of God and the operation of God does not just cut on the surface. It goes a lot deeper. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul. So the word of God is God's knife that cuts on your soul. Did you see that? Soul and spirit. It cuts on your spirit. And of the joints and marrow. Now we're getting into the body. All three parts of man. The spirit and the soul and the body. The joints and marrow. You know that marrow is, is inside your bones. The Bible cuts all the way to the bone. 
And thank God it does because the problem is way down deep inside of all of it. But aren't you glad that God can take his knife and cut out the poison and cut out the sin and cut out uh, the rottenness? All the, doesn't matter how far it is. If we'll yield to the operation. If we'll get on the table and say, okay, Lord, cut away. Look at Acts chapter 7. Everybody doesn't respond to the operation very well. I, I don't know if it's ever, I'm sure it's happened, somebody wakes, you know, halfway up out of anesthesia and starts fighting the doctors. That would be a very dangerous thing to do. Maybe they would do it unconsciously. Can you imagine somebody fighting a doctor while they're trying to cut, cut, cut you open? That's what happens with God and people. You see, God's trying to operate on everybody. Because everybody's dying. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 7, watch this. Acts chapter 7, he says in verse 51... Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised, there's our word, in what? In heart and ears ye do always what? Resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. You are resisting this operation. Look at verse 54. When they heard these things, they were what? Cut. They were cut to the heart. But instead of yielding to the operating table of God, they gnashed on him with their teeth. They started fighting against the one that was trying to bring healing and health and life into their soul. They're cut to the heart. Same chapter or same book, uh, Acts chapter 5. So many people fight against the operation of God and that sword of the Spirit that's seeking to cut away the part of us that is destroying all of us. Acts chapter 5, verse number 33. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart. Do you see that? So this inward circumcision is made without hands. It's done by Christ. It's done with the knife of the word of God. And it's done on our hearts. God's cutting away at our heart. You know, I think the word of God is so powerfully sharp. I think it can affect you physically. It, it did these people. They were stirred in such a rage, they began to bite on the preacher. Physically. I believe just the opposite. I believe, I believe the Bible can calm you down. Physically. I think there's a lot of physiological problems that go on people's lives. And it probably would help you if you put the word of God on and let God just operate on you. That's why I think everybody ought to, and it's, it's on people's phones, and it's, you, you can hear it, you can get CDs and all that, and just play the Bible. Matter of fact, if, if there was somebody that I thought that was really being attacked by the devil, I, I'd play the Bible all night long. I believe it's that powerful. 
I be, believe it affects the body. Not just the soul. Not just your mind. Not just your spirit. I believe it cuts all through you. But there's some people that fight against that operation of God in their heart. I don't think it's a thing of people aren't being cut with the word of God. It's they're fighting the doctor. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 10. And with your other hand, would you get uh, Romans chapter 2? He talks about this circumcision. It's, it's not a circumcision of the flesh. It's a circumcision of the heart. God's trying to operate. By the way, and God doesn't just operate on your heart before you get saved. He wants, he wants to continue the operation. If you can get Deuteronomy chapter 10 and Romans chapter 2. Let's read Romans chapter 2 first, shall we? Romans chapter 2. Look at this spiritual circumcision. It's made without hands. It's the knife of the word of God cutting on a sinner. Romans chapter 2, the Bible says in verse number 28, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the what? Of the heart in the what? Spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. Paul is over and over saying you need an operation of God on your heart. You need God to cut on your heart and cut something away. Deuteronomy chapter 10, the Bible says in verse number 16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. Now watch this verse. And be no more what? You know who the people are that will not let God operate on them? Stiff neck. Brother Larry just testified. He just said, he just said about a minute ago. He said hard-headed. You know what happened this morning? God tried to operate on some people this morning, but they were hard-headed. They were stiff-necked. You can have the best doctor in the world, but if you're stiff-necked and hard-hearted, you're not going to get any help. He says, you need to be circumcised in heart and not be stiff-necked. Let God do His work on you. You're in Deuteronomy. Look at chapter 30. What does this spiritual circumcision do for me? Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, the Bible says in verse number 6. Watch it. Deuteronomy 30 verse 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. Do you see that? And the heart of thy seed. Look at it. To love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. And with all thy soul that thou mayest live. You know what God says? Unless I do an operation on you and, and, and work some spiritual circumcision in your life. And if you, if you don't let me cut on your heart, you will never love me. You know why people don't love the Lord? They won't let the Lord operate on them. They will not let God cut away the part of them that's keeping them from loving him. You, you, you know what part of us keeps us from loving God? What is the part of us that he's trying to cut away? 
over and over. If you read all through the Bible about circumcision, and the Jews, you know, they could not even be a Jew without circumcision. It was part of the covenant of God. And if, you were not, if that boy was not circumcised, he could not even be a part of the nation of Israel. He was cut off. God Almighty almost killed Moses because he didn't circumcise his boy. It was a serious thing. What are they cutting off? The flesh. You read all those references. They're cutting off the flesh. What is the part of our lives that keeps us from loving God that God's trying to cut off? It's our flesh. We all need an operation. Now, this is talking in Colossians 2 about salvation, but I'm telling you what. That flesh, we need to keep letting God keep cutting away that fleshly part of of our lives that gets on our hearts. Because it keeps us from looking. Mark mark it down. People that don't love God, they're just fleshly people. Now, fleshly can be in, in, in many ways. I mean, pornography, that's flesh. But pride is flesh. Drunkenness and people giving themselves to dope, that's flesh. But so is religious righteousness. There's so many types of flesh. And this is what happened when God starts to try to do an operation. People say, no. Don't cut that. Don't cut that away from my life. Don't remove that from me. And God's just trying to make us well. He's just trying to restore our hearts and our lives. And before a sinner can be saved, that's that place of repentance. He's got to be willing to let God cut away the, the body of the sins of the flesh. What a ludicrous idea that somebody could come to Christ holding on to their sin, not wanting it gone. What what a ludicrous, insane thought. Salvation is not an event where we get rid of all of our sins, but we're coming to God wanting Him to take them away. Wanting Him to cut away that. You know, in the early church, circumcision in the flesh was such a big deal. In Acts chapter 15, they had a big church fight about whether or not you could even be saved unless you were physically circumcised. I'm glad the Holy Ghost won that. Won that. I'm glad the Holy Ghost won that argument. He said, no, we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we should be saved. And so, but that was a big deal. As a matter of fact, flesh became such a big deal that in Colossians chapter 2, we find a whole group of people going all the way into asceticism. And we'll get there in verse 21 and 22 and 23, where they touch not, taste not, handle not. And they, they, are, they so humble themselves that they think anything to do with the flesh is sinful. There was even a group of people that didn't even think Jesus Christ literally came in the flesh because they thought flesh in itself was sinful. 
They had an understanding of the word flesh. But what they didn't understand, when God says about that flesh, He's talking about something that's deep down inside of you, a nature that's got to be cut away, and only God can do that. It's not our, your reformation. It's not your stopping doing this, that, or the other thing. It's not you cleaning up your life. This is the operation of God. Not made with hands. But it's cutting on the inside of your heart. How many people? I tell you what. If I went to church and, and I never got cut. I'd go up to the preacher and I'd say, you need to preach harder. I need to get cut. <laughs> I hadn't had anybody do that around here. but We need God to work on us. Cut it away. And invariably, when the word of God starts cutting things away, there's, there's a reaction to that because it hurts. And I mean, that operation hurts you're sore after that operation sore you know it doesn't matter if they cut on a tooth or they cut on a body part and the doctor will say now this is going to be sore for a while be tender to the touch How many people God's trying to cut away on their lives and, and they get sore and instead of letting the thing heal, it, they just let it get infected and they get mad at God for trying to do the operation in their life. It's an inward circumcision made without hands that cuts away the flesh off of our heart so we can love God. Go back to Colossians chapter 2. It's not only operation of God, it's an inward circumcision made without hands with a sharp knife to cut away the flesh off our hearts so that we can love God. So that we can be saved. But it's also related to our new birth. He says in verse number 13, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together, that's life, with him having forgiven you all trespasses. We all know where the Bible says you must be born again, new birth. And that's why it, circumcision is, is introduced and discussed in the epistles. They, they, they did circumcision on newborn infants. They did it on babies. The babies. And what God's trying to say is, we need to, we must be born again. And when we're born again, God cuts away. Look what He cuts away. The Bible says He, He, uh, cuts away in verse 11, the body of the sins of the flesh. He cuts away when you're born again, though we're dead in trespasses and sins. He cuts away the sins away from us. That's why he said in verse 13, having forgiven you all trespasses. Now, guys, here's, here's the thing. After we get saved, we still have sin issues, do we not? 
But the truth is God has cut me away from those. Look at verse 11 again. Putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. It says he quickened us together and he circumcised me spiritually and cut me away from my sin. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. This, this is a miraculous thing in the Bible, and, and people just want to spiritualize everything. But I, I'm really here to tell you that if you've ever gotten born again, God literally cut you away from your sin. You are not connected to it anymore. You say, well, well I walk around and, and I, don't, I don't do right sometimes. Yeah, but you're not connected to it anymore. Grab Ephesians chapter 2 and Romans chapter 7. And that's because of the spiritual circumcision that God does deep down inside of you. Guys, you are a body of flesh. Is that not right? But inside you have a soul and a spirit. Why does he say the Word of God is cutting away to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. He goes in there and He looses you and cuts you away from you being connected to the body of the sins of your flesh. He operates on you on the inside. I'll just show it to you. Ephesians chapter 2. Great chapter about our salvation. We know that. Ephesians 2 verse 1. And you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins... Verse number 5, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. Verse 11, wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. And then he tells us what Jesus Christ has done for us. In other words, God, in Romans chapter 7 says, there is, in 6 and 7, There's an old man and there's a new man. And in Romans chapter 7, he tells us that when you get born again, he cuts you away. He circumcises your soul and your spirit away from your flesh. Somebody heard this one time. They said, that's spooky. That's weird. You better thank God for it. Because when you sin, listen, when you sin tomorrow, Why doesn't God hold that against you in going to heaven? Why? Because you're not connected to it. He cuts you away from the body of the sins of the flesh. He has disconnected the the soul and the spirit away from every born-again individual. When we've been born again, we're not born again out here. We're born again on the inside. And when we the new baby's born on the inside, he does a work of circumcision and cuts you away from this body of flesh that is condemned to die. Romans chapter 7, watch it. Paul says this, and people have not understood it for a long time. If you'll understand what I just said, you'll understand it. He said in Romans chapter 7, verse 17, or excuse me, verse number 15, For that which I do I allow not, for what I would that I do not, but what I hate that do I. Verse 16, If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Watch verse 17. Now then it, now then it is no more I that do it. 
Well, sure you did, Paul. You're the one that, that, that said that bad thing. You're the one that performed that bad action. You're the one that had the bad thought, had the bad... Yes! He said, nope, that wasn't me. Well, then who did it? Sin that dwelleth in me. He said in verse number 19, For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. He said in verse 23, I see another law in my members. What's that? That's his body. That's his hands, his eyes, his ears, his mouth. I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity, the law of sin, which is in my members. Watch verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am, who should deliver me from the what? The body of this death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He's telling us he's another man. In chapter 6 of the book of Romans, and he's cut loose from that man that's on the outside. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is freed, dead, is freed from sin. And this, this chapter is talking about, in verse number 12, your mortal body obeying in the lust thereof. Don't obey your body. You've got a new man on the inside, that old man on the outside. You are not connected to that old man. You've been cut away from that old man. So, when you sin against God, it's this that's doing that. Because on the inside, there's a new man there that's been cut away from the sin. And when the Lord, when the Lord sees me, he doesn't see this part. He sees that part inside that's been cut away from this part. Are you getting what I'm saying? I have been cut away from the body of the sins of this flesh. I've been cut away from it. And when I give in to temptation, it is no more I that do it, but this body of death that's doing it. Literally what's happening to a saved person is you're walking around inside of a corpse. And every now and then you listen to it. And every now and then you give in to it, though it's Though it's dead. And the new man on the inside is free from this. What a truth in the Bible that I do not have to give in to the flesh and the lusts of the flesh because I've been cut away from it. Not just the penalty of it, but the power of it. But it's going to be up to me who I yield myself to. You know, I, when I got saved, I didn't have any clue about any of that. But it was the operation of God. God went down in there and cut me away from the body of the sins of this flesh. 
And one of these days, this thing right here, it's going to the dirt. It is not going to heaven. It's going to the ground. And if the rapture takes place, the Bible says that he will change this vile body. That's what he calls it. It ain't going to heaven. And fashion it like unto his glorious body. If I have been cut away from my flesh, why do I listen to it so much? Because I'm stupid. Why would anybody listen to a dead man? I tell you what, if we had a casket up here and there's a dead man in there and he started talking to you, you'd get out of here. Would you sit there and carry on a conversation with a dead man? That's what you do every day. When that flesh talks to you and says, let's, let's do this. Let's think about this. Let's go here. Listen to a dead man talk. God says our new birth has cut us away from the body of the sins of the flesh. It happened in our infancy. We're removed from the penalty and the power. And now we're joined to Christ. In Romans chapter, you're in Romans. Look at Romans chapter 7 verse 4. Romans 7 verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Verse number 5. For when we were in the flesh... Whoa, 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 whoa. That's past tense. When we were in the flesh. What do you mean, Paul? Looks like pretty much it's still there. Do you see? How can he say when we were in the flesh? He said, I used to be connected to my flesh, but I got cut away from my flesh. I'm not in the flesh anymore. When we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. And yet now the Bible says, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 30 that we are members of His body, of His flesh, of His bones. Now, I'm not connected to the flesh. I'm connected to the body of Jesus. Well, glory be to God. I have been disconnected from the body of the sins of the flesh and I have been connected to the body of Jesus Christ. What a truth. And now I'm delivered. Now, now my spirit is not joined to a sinful body. It's joined to the spirit of the Lord. And I'm connected to Him. Oh, that we would live our lives showing that we're connected to Him instead of connected to this. He said in Romans chapter 8. Turn over there, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse number 8. Romans 8, 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Have you ever heard somebody say about a fellow brother and sister in Christ, well, they're just in the flesh. You ever heard anybody say that? That is not a scriptural comment. 
If you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. (laughs) Nothing you can ever do can please God. You're at enmity with God. God is at war with the flesh. Verse number 9. What a verse. But ye are not in the flesh. What a phrase. Oh, if the Christian could see themselves as not in the flesh. There's very few people that live that way. But ye are not in the flesh. Look at it. But in the what? In the spirit. You're not connected to your flesh. You're connected because God's cut you away from the flesh and He's joined you to the Spirit of God. But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are not, we, excuse me, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Now, there's the phrase. You are not in the flesh if you're born again, but you can live after the flesh. Verse 13, but here's your commentary if you do that. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. So much of God's people's dying every day. Their innocence is dying. Their conscience is dying. Their testimony is dying. The good things of God in their life are dying because they're living after the flesh. And ultimately, the chastening of God can lead to their mortal death. Verse number 13 says, But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, when Jesus said this, and I'm I'm finishing, when Jesus said this, If ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. The Bible talks about people that are in their sins. They're connected to their sin. They're connected to their flesh. And then he talks about blessed are they that die in the Lord. You're either connected to your sin or you're connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what makes the difference is the Lord Jesus Christ by the new birth, by salvation, cuts you away from the body of the sins of the flesh And joins you to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we wish everybody would let God do that operation in their life. And Jesus said, you're going to die in your sin. You're going to die connected to your sin. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not connected to my sin. I can't stand before you and say that I never sin. Anybody that says that, the Bible says they're a liar. But I'll tell you this, I'm not connected to it. I'm not connected to it. Because he's forgiven me all trespasses. Did you see that in the Colossians 2 text? How can he forgive me of all trespasses of sins I've not even done? Is anybody thinking with me tonight? By the way, 
All trespasses were in the future at the cross in your life. Some of these people think that God, when you get saved, just, just forgives you of the trespasses from that moment backward. And that's not what the book said. He's forgiven you all trespasses. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. He has cut me away from the body of the sins of my flesh. That doesn't mean I can't ruin my life. That doesn't mean that the chastening of God can't be real in my life. That doesn't mean that I can't be stupid and live after the flesh and incur all the things that that. But I am not connected in the sight of God to my flesh. He's cut me away from that. And I'm joined to Him, not this body. So I, I finish with this. A Christian, you can't get out of your old nature of the flesh. You can't get out of it. You've got to walk around in it. And although it's dead and you're spiritually free from it, you can still yield to that which is dead. And that's why, I'll read this last verse and we'll be done. In Colossians chapter 3, he says, Let's read this and we'll be finished. To encourage our hearts, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, he says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. You used to live in them, but you don't live in them anymore. But you still have to, verse 8, put off all these. And verse number 10, you still have to put on the new man. You've got a daily choice. You can't get away from the body. And it drives me crazy like it all drives you crazy. Amen. You can't get away. You can't get all this till death or the rapture. But you can fight it. And you can say, I'm not going to give in to you again, you old dirty thing, you. I'm not connected to you. When you get up in the morning, do you ever notice you smell bad? Am I the only one that notices that? I walk in there to take my shower and say, my soul. How can 24 hours do that? There's something about us that just stinks. And as we live our Christian life, we need to say, I'm not going to let that stinking dead man that I'm not connected to run my life. I'm going to let the one I'm connected to run my life. You can yield either one you want to. But it's awful unwise to yield to that old stinking dead man that you're not connected to anymore. Yeah. Let God keep working on you. Don't kick against the pricks. Let him keep working on you. He's a really good doctor. Don't fight his work in your life.